We're back. Welcome to Is It Wet, where I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. Jeff Goldblum peeling off his own fingernails. <laughs> Gungan cities sparkling underwater. <laughs> Scrappy Doo puppeting Rowan Atkinson from the inside. All those moments preserved forever in time on this fucking podcast. Time to die. I'm Sophie. I'm Caitlin. And we're so excited. We're back. We took the summer off. Welcome back to season two, baby. Oh, man. Who would have thunk it all those months ago when we just just turned microphones on and, and, and also Zoom and just saw what happened? Uh, who would have thought that yeah, we would be so excited about season two. Season two. Yeah, oh, yeah. we're gonna hit. We're gonna hit episode fifty in this yes, season pretty yes. early on. It's yeah. there's gonna be some big milestones that come up. Yeah. Uh, it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. I um, I'm excited to see what movies make me throw up. What mm-hmm. ones make me have to go lie on the floor for a little bit? Mm-hmm. Um, what which ones will inspire tattoos? Tattoos as, as they already have shape my friendship with you mm-hmm. i'm yeah i'm excited for all the new caitlin lore that's gonna come out um <laughs> and we're actually working on like a coffee table sort of codex book about the lore yes. and caitlin uh of caitlin and um with a lot of like maps and diagrams so really look out for that at your nearest uh wherever you get your textbooks and um chegg.com <laughs> I don't know why I'm thinking about Chegg. Um, But yeah, it's exclusively the Caitlin Lore Compendium will be on Chegg.com alone. Okay. (laughs) We got an exclusive deal. Really excited. (laughs) That's our brand, honestly. (laughs) Chegg, yeah, sponsor. I'm sure Chegg has done some horrific things, but still sponsor us. Yeah. Um, Today, I'm very excited. We're doing the uh, 1982 cyberpunk science fiction classic Blade Runner oh yeah yeah. and I just it just made so much sense uh, because it's like one of the first things we reference um, Mm -hmm. in in the podcast as like Mm -hmm. sort of descriptive there's a lot of things there's a lot of uh, features of a wet movie that are Mm -hmm. found in this movie and I just thought you know I think both you and I wanted like something big, something yes. something big yeah. to kick off mm-hmm. season two the way that we did with The Matrix in season one. Mm-hmm. And I think because we draw on the visuals of this movie so much in other episodes, it's like mm-hmm. peppered throughout the podcast. I It just makes sense to do it, to just Absolutely. jump right in yeah. and, and do it. And I haven't seen it in a while. It was really fun for me to <laughs> like... This movie is is just like a series of like uh, images and sounds and yes. colors and and like that's what you <laughs> it remember is a series of, it. of images yeah. and sounds. Yeah, you could not have said it better than that. The film, the film criticism on this podcast, it's back. Yeah. It's better than ever. Well, see what I love about this too is like this is a movie that I 
people have to have people are have talked about for a long time there's been a lot of yeah. critical analysis done of this movie and we don't know any of that no stuff, no, so no no i did very like minimal research yeah blindly mm-hmm. just running into this um so that, i think that's good that's yeah great. i think that's good uh yeah so i'm i'm unemployed right now um and so i wanted to do this movie because i want to like uh, uh, it's like sort of like a job survey. I want to like learn about yeah. the jobs that are out there. And this yeah. movie is actually, it, the, the title is a job, a Blade Runner. So I want to see like if I'd be a good fit for Blade Running. And and I hope, you know, Keelan, if you don't mind, I'd like to also use this time to figure out if you're a replicant or not. Oh, yeah. Because you're on monitor. Yeah, void comp me anytime <laughs> you want. Okay. Anytime you All want. Right. Okay. Um... So I will be trying to figure that out this whole episode, and I will okay. I'll report back. Um, but Kaylin, so we last did this podcast, I think early early July. Yeah, yeah. What were some of the wettest parts of your summer? I know. I feel like we should do. Uh, I think we pro- we didn't promise anything. But I think we said we were going to do like a mini episode on like, yeah, just like wet summer, wet summer things and like what we did. But um, but yeah, maybe we can like just highlight some of them here. I'm trying Mm -hmm. to think. They always just go right out of my brain. Yeah. Uh, Well, I mean, one of the things that happened was uh, over the last few weeks, um, someone was there are two showers in uh, my house. There's mm-hmm. like one on this. Uh, there, it's two levels of a house that I live in, and so the upstairs shower just like water started just coming through the ceiling of mm-hmm. the second floor. Um, at some oh, point, shit. and it was like gross water because it's a big old house, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. So now we got to get that fixed, and it's happening. I'm sure. Um, it's not fixed yet, but. But luckily, there's another shower in the house. In your... Are you sure that uh, Dave Matthews' tour bus didn't just uh, stop by and dump dump its gray water throughout your house? You 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 never know. You always have to ask. Yeah, that's like the first thing you got to make sure it's not because he is known for doing that. Yes. Yeah, (laughs) he did that one time. Yep. In Chicago. Um, I went to that bridge in Chicago uh, <laughs> this summer. That was a very wet moment. And the tour guide, and I was on a tour boat. Um, so it was like, if it could have happened again, it but it did It could have. Does the, did the tour guide say that? Is that how you yeah, knew? Yeah, okay. but the tour guide was being very coy. Like the tour guide <laughs> wasn't be like, yeah, you shitted on people. The tour <laughs> yeah. guide was like, yeah, so if you're familiar with like gray water, it's just, you know, the refuse from a <laughs> from a tour bus you know it's the combined sort of like used water and sort of waste from a bus and it was just emptied upon these tour okay i feel like that's a way weirder way to do that if then if he had just been like do you guys remember when dave matthews shitted on those people (laughs) and and like him explaining what gray water is like ew come on dude you're gonna get some people from like indiana who um didn't watch like uh when did that happen um, I'm not really sure. Damn it was like I want to say like 2006. 
2004, August 8th, 2004. Four. So for, there's some people in Indiana that didn't like watch the best week ever VH1 mm-hmm. about it. So they didn't know it happened. So they might have been like lost. But, you know, uh, you just need to tell people the truth. It's mm-hmm. in the same way you should let people know that they're replicants. You should let people know the actual true history of a city. Exactly. Um, and not try to not try to sanitize it and say that it that Dave Matthews band doesn't shit on people. Yeah. They do. They do. Um, they totally do. Um, yeah. Yeah. Some people will say constantly with his music. And then some no, I'm not I'm let's let's start let's start a feud. <laughs> we don't have enough feuds. I we really don't. We have too many alliances. I know. We yeah. like too many too people. Nice. What do we even have a feud? I feel like we have to. Oh, we to. definitely do. Okay. Um probably Tom Hanks, probably. You mean this guy? Oh yeah! yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, oh, wait, we're, we're haters. We actually have a feud with a lot of people. I'm, I'm just, I don't yeah. know. We, um, oh yeah, because um, <laughs> Mark Wahlberg. Oh yeah, yeah. We, fought, we don't want to have a feud with him. I no, no, no. <laughs> I, that really guy don't, wakes but... up at three a.m. to go into his cryo chamber. I don't want to <laughs> fuck. No, I did. Okay, I had a thought recently where I was like, I gotta get one of those Mark Wahlberg cryo chambers. I really do. I don't know what. Oh, you got, you've got it. With I yeah. literally was like, that's what I think I need right now. I need yeah, sensory yeah. deprivation. Okay. I also I want to say so so for some, I'm looking up some more about the Dave Matthews incident. Oh, okay. things I didn't know. So it was the Kinsey Street Bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was 800 pounds. Oh poop. my god! That is way more than I thought it was. Dave Matthews, pounds. why you be pooping so much? <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, we could say like that's how he makes his music, but uh, that is a lot of poop. That's so much. And poop you would, and is it standard practice to just dump that into rivers, into the Chicago I... River? Well, okay, I think. No, but you got to ask yourself, where are they dumping it? Right, right. Where else would they be dumping it? You know, I would hope maybe it was a mistake. I don't know. It could have been. Or if it's maybe it was like we they if that's a lot of waste. Maybe they were like, we forgot to dump it at a at a legally sanctioned <laughs> way uh poop, poop dumping way the waste bus was just crawling along and they're like and they were captain like, oh, we God. cannot we have to lose <laughs> weight lose weight we cannot keep going yeah, yeah. toss it overboard toss, toss it, it overboard. overboard and so that's what they did yeah they were about to be boarded by uh the fish uh tour bus they were about to be <laughs> It was, it was gaining so, and it was like them. it was either like the whole bus is gonna just yeah. crack the bridge and they're gonna fall through, or dump the waste on yeah, the people. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. Yeah. We, you people don't know this is that um, tour bus. It's it's pi it's pirate laws out there. Yeah. You can you can board. Uh, you can board a uh, pirate. It really makes you think, bus. though. Like all of the all of the buses that you see, yeah, uh, just driving around have all have poop. poop in it. All and where are they? Where are they dumping it all? Where? Where? We don't we don't talk about that. That's yeah. like a blind spot in our culture that yeah. I think 
we need to look into. Why are for they sure. hide? Why are they hide? Why is it such a concerted effort for the right, government right. to hide this from us? <laughs> right. <laughs> this is right out right out the gate, season two with our our uh, another good conspiracy theory from this podcast. Um, again, France is not real. When you go there, when you go there, go in there. quotation, yeah. <laughs> they just take you up in a plane and they circle around and they come back down. Um, and then also that Dave Matthews shits the <laughs> 300 pounds of poop every day. Well, that the government is hiding where all orifice. where all of the buses are leaving their poop. Like yes, that's we yes. really need to be uh-huh. asking these questions. Yeah. Yeah. This really I'm really glad we uh, that you saw that bridge because I saw, yeah, that was that was wet. way wetter yeah. than anything that happened to me. Yeah. Yeah, that was some wet, some wet history. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I know something good and wet that happened to me. Yeah. I got a new tattoo, um, and that is a goopy process. As, oh yeah, as um, tattooed listeners will know, it's just uh, it's great. Who, it's like if you are a tattooed listener, you're you're a sinner and you're going to hell. But yeah, continue reevaluate all your life's choices. Mm-hmm. Um, you can pause now <laughs> and then keep listening. But yeah, it's a goopy process because it's like the whole time they're obviously it's like injecting ink under your skin. So that's like mm-hmm. obvious. But they also like they're constantly wiping it with like mm-hmm. l- they're they're constantly lubing you up and wiping you with uh, like Vaseline. They're mm-hmm. always wipe. They're constantly wiping you with Vaseline, yeah. and then they Vaseline you up afterwards. And then mm-hmm. they're like, for two days, you got to constantly put Vaseline or Aquifer on it, mm-hmm. and it's just like it's sticky and goopy, and you're oozing, but you mm-hmm. can't touch it. Um, and it's a great, it's a great process. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend it. Um, mm-hmm. but that's definitely a wet, wet thing I did. Yeah. Um, recently. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Got. Tatted up. Yeah, I think um, that's like that's a good description of like of how like I think tattoos need to be wet because they are a mark we make upon the literal but also metaphorical flesh. Yeah. Um, And so if you want to penetrate the flesh, you need to keep that very moist. You, mm-hmm. you, it can't be a dry process. You yeah. gotta, you gotta get in there. You gotta get in the plasma pool. I know. And I was gonna say, I think that any Jeff Goldblum would agree that, like, when you're when you're in the middle of when you're like uh, under the needle and you're you're. I don't think they say that <laughs> to get tattooed. When you're getting tattooed, like in you, that's as close as the to the plasma pool as you can get without, you know, yeah. diving in and getting into the pod. Um, really, getting tattooed is that you're just immersed in the plasma pool there for Absolutely. for a moment, yeah. and then you get back out. But um, I would, I definitely think that. Oh yeah, I. What I I've missed this podcast. I uh yeah, I've missed it. Um <laughs> yeah, so it sounds like we had very wet summers and yeah. we'll uh probably we will uh put out a mini sode diving more in depth. Um I went on sort of a snowpiercer trip. Um mm-hmm. just a relaxing snowpiercer trip across the country. <laughs> Um, and, uh, and I know that, um, yeah, Kate, Caitlin probably did some, uh, dope shit too. There's probably, um, 
This sounds like this is all you do. There's probably like a Lego 12 Angry Men game that you played. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we'll get into all of that. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. In the mini-sode, I, yeah. that's, that's definitely one of the wettest things I did was a, I played a game called 12 Minutes. Oh. And if and we'll talk. I'll go. I, there will be spoilers for twelve minutes okay. in that mini episode. Uh, I won't say any of them now, but it was it was quite a quite a harrowing experience. Okay. It's like, yeah, it's a wild game. Very good, very um, good gameplay experience, I will say. But yeah. that's a that's a wet game, and I'll tell you why in the mini episode. Okay. All right. All right. So yeah, <laughs> if you want to get a video game spoiled for <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> Subscribe to the Patreon. Um, we do that for you. You're yes, welcome. Yeah. I'll give you, yeah, I'll give you a little preview. Pac-Man is married. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. So Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Caitlin, what is your relationship to Blade Runner and the cyberpunk slash robot genre? Yeah, I, okay, so I love Blade Runner, and Uh what I love about Blade Runner so much is, I think, the idea of Blade Runner. (laughs) Um, No, I love, I love the actual movie. I think this is one of the things where it's hard for me to, like, even figure out what exactly I like about it, because my origins trace back, for this, trace back to, like, this is one of my dad's favorite movies, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, um, I, I'm very, I'm a lot like my dad in a lot of ways. And we like a lot of the same things. And there are things that are very near and dear to my heart that like, I wanted to like and get and understand really bad before I was like, able to because I like, I thought it was cool because my dad liked it. So this was something that I was like, I want, I can't wait to be old enough to watch Blade Runner. (laughs) And like, I would kind of catch glimpses of it before I was old enough to watch it. So I always like this movie for me is like vibes. It's like all vibes and it's like hundred percent feelings you get. And, and Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I think this movie, like it's weird. The things that I focus on that, that come Mm -hmm. back to me aren't as like big now that when I rewatch the movie, I'm like, oh, this wasn't a big part of it. Like for me, if you ask me what Blade Runner is about, I'm like, oh, Harrison Ford is eating noodles. In, <laughs> like, I don't know. I think oh, about yeah, Harrison. 100% he's eating no- no- he's noodles. Eating noodles Th- from the street vendor. Throughout the movie. You can't <laughs> tell like, me differently. I th- I think about Harrison Ford eating those noodles. He eats them for like two seconds at the yeah, beginning yeah, yeah. of the movie. I think about that all the time. Like it's an intrusive thought. And this oh. <laughs> movie is about a man who just gets interrupted while eating noodles. And that's the whole plot. <laughs> it is. That is the that... plot. He orders noodles. Yep. He's eating them. Then the police are like, you can't eat noodles right now. Yeah. Edward James almost is like, you got to come with me right now. Those. Yeah. And he's like. And they do not let him finish those noodles. We no, don't he, see a scene later in the movie where he finishes them. Do I don't know. You, he, you do. He brings them in the ship. He brings. Oh, he, he gets does. In, okay. He okay. gets them. I'm in. so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we, we were we were watching the same cut, so we were watching yeah. the final cut. Um, yeah. But there's Which, probably like, a cut where he doesn't I thought get to the there's noodles. like a bunch of different versions out there that you can watch. I yeah. don't think there are. I think like there, there are, are a bunch of different yeah. versions, but I think there's like and the three that you can watch are like. Mm-hmm pretty similar um i i was under the impression we were gonna watch like two different movies by accident and i don't think that's 
possible, really. Yeah, I think um, it's it's subtle, but I think that nerds and Ridley Scott are, um, and I would agree with them, really don't like the theatrical cut because there's like yeah. a voiceover that oh, just like explains God. everything, yes. which which would have cheapened it because, again, this is just vibes. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know what was going on in this movie, and I've right. seen it a few times, and that's okay. Yes. Um, and the the unicorn scene, which we'll get to, that was right. not in the theatrical cut. Right. Um, right, which, which was why I think they felt like they had to do all of the voiceover because right. – And Ridley Scott was like, oh, you guys, I can accomplish the same thing with just like if you put this in here as a little clue, like – Just a he, unicorn he, scene – yeah. will explain everything. <laughs> a unicorn explain. daydream, it will explain everything. Um, <laughs> yeah. And that will imply that he's a replicant. Yeah. Uh, but it's going to be very, very subtle. Um, it, we're not going to just straight up say that Deckard is a Jesus or a replicant mm-hmm. or um, he is not Jesus. That was a Prometheus rep- reference. But mm-hmm. um, I think there are I think there is a Jesus figure in this. I, I think there is definitely oh, a Jesus yeah. figure yeah. in this movie. Oh, yeah. Which we will yeah. When you're giving to. yourself self stigmata. I was going to uh, say like the imagery is not subtle. And then no, you release not. a literal dove. <laughs> a literal white yeah, dove. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he Ridley Scott is not subtle with the no. the Christianity metaphors. Um, no, and I love it. I love yes. him for it. Honestly, I I, yeah. th- I thought about it. I was like, I if I made a movie, uh, there'd be some pretty obvious. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Christian yeah, yeah. imagery like that. But yeah, you're not gonna know what's happening, but you're gonna get the themes, and that's exactly. Respect. Yeah, and so that like, yeah, I guess this movie is. I I love it, but I don't know. I think I love it because it like makes you feel uncomfortable. It like yes, gets under yes, your skin yeah. and it was like I, I couldn't wait to watch it because again mm-hmm. the, it was something my dad loved and then like when you do watch it I, I always thought like oh it will all make sense to me and then you realize it's uh, I guess depending on the cut that you watch it is a really ambiguous thing mm-hmm. and like it there's not a whole lot to figure out or understand necessarily yes. um, yeah. and yeah, that's a cool and yeah, just like sure. definitely the um the aesthetics and that like that neo noir yes, uh, yes, feel was yeah. something that like yeah is is something that I always loved. Yeah. But how so? What is your I and I and I've seen it uh, many times throughout my life, which it sounds like you have as well. Yeah, it is very much my aesthetic. I like shiny shiny neon I Mm -hmm. like I like all the outfits it's great um so yeah I got really I think I got really into like science fiction in middle and high school and watched this movie and enjoyed it but it was it's also one of those things you're like this is it this is what this is the big thing because like yeah because again it's it's uh it is just vibes and it's subtle and like and it has that like cult um following that really has like it it hypes it up it does it it really does and and it is great i think i did appreciate it i think i might have also first seen the theatrical cut which like Mm. i think is just a little jar jarring with the with the um voiceover but um but I, I really enjoy I enjoyed it this time. Um, I think that I was just more partial to, yeah, things with more more pl- more plot than yes. vibes, which yes. is a, a a dichotomy. So I was like really, uh, as I've talked about, into Battlestar Galactica, which mm-hmm. um, the reboot was very much inspired by Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and and, uh, and also Olmos is in that. Olmos, Edward James yeah. Olmos. Um, yeah, he's just he's fucking up uh, cybernetic life forms. Yeah, in, it in is every like, galaxy. It is sort of a strange, really specific like genre that he yes. really fits into. That <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, don't know, I guess yeah. Harrison Ford kind of does does it yeah. to a little bit, but. Um, but yeah, I can see. Yeah, this movie, I kept thinking like there is not a lot of plot to this movie. Like they're really it's a guy that is looking for four people. Like yes. that's what <laughs> that's what's happening. And um, and yet that's not what this movie is about. Like yes. that's yeah, it's not about the plot. It's about the and it's not even of, really so about like character development yes. either. It, yeah. it is. It's yeah. world building and mm-hmm. vibes and uh visuals and all of that yeah yeah it's like basically like just at some point someone could have come out with cue cards that are just like uh what does it mean to be human yeah what is it what is this that we what is the nature of consciousness yeah yeah that's that's basically that's basically what it is um yeah so blade runner yeah the first thing i wrote was and we've sort of talked about it already is like I don't know if I mean this, like the movie, its place in uh, pop culture, if if I'm talking about that or if I'm talking about like in the world of the movie, mm-hmm. maybe I mean both, is like this movie carries such portent. Like mm-hmm. it, as soon as it starts, you feel like we're talking about like something really big and this mm-hmm. is, there's going to be big ideas explored in this and there's something mm-hmm. like huge hovering right above you, but like it never really gets that deep um mm-hmm. and yeah also i think definitely uh it, that's enhanced by like there's so many versions of the movie that exist right, and right. like test audiences uh, audiences saw this one and then they're like they're the story of how the movie came to be already carries so much mm-hmm. weight to it um that you feel like this movie is something really important and yes, big and it yes. must have felt like that when it came out in theaters even yes. though I, we're feeling it, you know, all these years later. Yes. Yeah. That's interesting. Also, you said, yeah, not a lot of character development, but, but I think also there's, it's just, it's very much a real show don't tell movie mm-hmm. with like a little bit of exposition, but it's kind of like it, it just sort of, it puts the camera on, on like, on Los Angeles or on a person and it just kind of leaves it there. Yes. And it's like, and it doesn't really like, it put like push you in one direction you just have to kind of like absorb it and take mm-hmm. it in um which is like the opening shot of this movie well there's first a scroll that's like um the galactic trade federation uh is, is meeting yeah. on naboo and blah, blah blah and like it went by really fast i was like oh shit there's like some world building i have to remember it's it's not that complicated it's like right there's robots. Uh, there's no animals. The robots. Uh, we made uh, robotic humans to be slaves to do literally what Elon Musk is doing right now, yes, where he's like, it's yes. to do the tasks that hum- that are dangerous or mm-hmm. whatever wording he used um, for humans. It's essentially that it's to do dangerous tasks, but, but they let's make them all smarter yeah. and faster and sexier and have emotions and and have emotions yeah Yeah. well actually they weren't supposed to but it's like they developed emotions on their own i think is what they say yeah again i is is 
is wild. Um, is something to think about, I yeah. guess, you know? Yeah. But yes, yeah, so they, um, so then, and then this rogue group that has like gained consciousness, they escape and then Blade Runners were created. Which to me is a job title, like a showman. Yes. <laughs> okay, so that actually, that is very interesting how this, how this happened. Okay. Um, I don't know if you read this. No, uh, no, so, no. so this movie, I think also feeding into the like, p- the immense like portent this movie carries with it is, so this is based on a short story or a novella mm-hmm. um, by Philip K. Dick called Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? And that movie, like it, it had been optioned by different people over the years, and it was like Scorsese was going to make it at one point. Um, and so for like decades, pe- well, a decade and a half or whatever, mm-hmm. people had been like trying to make this movie. Mm-hmm. And then Ridley Scott kind of begrudgingly took it on, but then mm-hmm. really fell in love with it. And they couldn't figure out a good title for it. They knew Philip K. Dick's done. They didn't want to use his original title. Um, they were like, that's not going to translate well to a movie. And I forget who, but somebody like tangentially working on the movie, maybe a producer or something, was just like looking at other movie scripts and movie options and stuff. And he came across some another science fiction writer's, uh, another short story mm-hmm. that was called Blade Runner. And okay. so it's like it is... The title is based on a completely unrelated short story, okay. science fiction short story that has nothing to do with this, with Philip K. Dick's story or okay. Blade Runner. It's just a title that that they took. And the person okay. was like, that just seems like a good job title, like mm-hmm. a, a for a person who would hunt down these oh, robots. Yeah. yeah, no, no. And Ridley Scott loved needed. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it does, like, I think that's also what I remember loving about this movie is I remember being like, what is a Blade Runner? It sounds so weird and cool. And then you watch the movie and you still learn nothing about what Blade Running means. Like, no. It's, yeah. Harrison Ford doesn't seem to have any skills that would... No. Uh, that would assist him in blade running. He gets his ass handed to him by every single replicant. Um, yes. I think that might just be a Harrison Ford thing. <laughs> it's lit every movie he's in. I mean, Indi- what I love about Indiana Jones is he gets beat up as much as he kicks ass. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I mean, Han Solo, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he like his character is like, I know I am brazen and brash and like that's how I get shit done. And it's also how I get my ass beat a lot. Yes, Um, I you're going to be mad at me. But so Harrison Ford, I love Harrison Ford. I think maybe this was on purpose that I at one point I wrote down is Harrison Ford on Trazodone? Because he, he gives kind of a sleepy performance. He and, absolutely and does. And I think maybe the, and maybe that's a choice. Like, I think he's supposed to be burnt. He's obviously supposed yes. to be burnt out from, from basically like kill, killing, uh, killing people. He, or people. People yeah. that he's come to regard as people. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, buddy. Uh, and they're also like, you have no choice but to work with us. And I'm like, what do they have on him? I, I guess they threat. I, I think they threatened to like arrest him. But I was like, all for right. what though? Like, I, they never make it. Yeah. They never make it clear what they have on him. Yeah, to no. make him do that. They sort of make it seem like um, 
to me, I read it as whoever the boss is, whoever the yeah. policeman is that tells him to do it. The guy he, Edward James almost brings him to. He is like, you, you're the only one who can do this. Right. Like, which, and it, to which again begs the question, what is his skill set? Yeah. <laughs> if he is a replicant, like, oh, it could be okay. yeah. that uh, he's sleepy because he's still working on the whole emo- emoting thing. Yeah. Which that's or fair. They, so another thing that they let you know in the beginning scrawl is like, they, the replicants, all of them, no matter what, are programmed or uh, eventually after the first few models mm-hmm. that like don't exist anymore um all the replicants were built with like a four-year um, lifespan yeah so it could be that he's like nearing the end of his lifespan whatever mm-hmm. um yeah we can come right out and say it at the beginning because uh, that's a huge that will factor into a lot of the things we talk about the movie makes it very clear that you are supposed to question whether Deckard is uh, Harrison Ford's character is a replicant mm-hmm. or not yes. and it, the movie does not make it clear one way or the other yeah. the this final cut I think um, I think you're supposed to like really question it and yes. think he's a replicant but like it does not come out and say that so yeah I think it could be any number of the also right. just yeah Harrison Ford I, I in my head I kept calling him bored Ford in this bored movie for, I'm yes, like oh he's yeah. so bored he's just yeah. bored <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, ugh, these existential questions are tiresome. Harrison Ford is always that that scene where he's eating noodles and yeah. and Edward James almost comes and like interrupts him. He like him being an and he keeps eating them and he's so annoyed. And that scene of like you're facing Harrison Ford and authority figures come from behind him and him just like being so exasperated <laughs> like that is he's done that in like 15 movies. I know yeah <laughs> seriously apparently yeah apparently he like uh Ridley Scott and him like hated each other yeah during during this movie so uh that could be some of it yeah. <laughs> you, it, it is more reacting something. to Ridley Scott being like action and he's like are you fucking kidding me yeah. action i have to be in a movie yeah um, and he like i'm sure some of it was i think he said like th- little bits and pieces have come out and in, in uh interviews with harrison yeah. ford over the years and like i mean imagine being on that set it is yeah. it, it is raining and disgusting 24 7 oh is, my god it, it must have been a nightmare <laughs> It, yeah, it all looks like everything looks like it's it smells like Chris Angel's uh, <laughs> uh, dressing room is how yeah. it's that's what it it smells yeah. like leather and dust and plastic and just yep. mold. and all of it is wet. So yeah, all mold, of it is wet. For sure. So um, yeah, cr- yeah, Chris Angel's dungeon dressing room. Yeah. Um and I like ooh this movie is set in 2019. Oh, that yeah. I love uh-huh. that part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh so in that's rainy fun. rainy Los Angeles. So I I yeah. went this summer I also went to LA for the first time and yeah, I think this is pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say um uh, I didn't get Blade Run, but I did go to a lot of uh I did go to a lot of marketplaces and um, buy, and I bought a lot of uh, robot parakeets while eating, mm-hmm. uh, eating just the future gruel is what I would yep. say with mm-hmm. my robot parakeet. Yeah, yeah. This this movie is known for its like the setting. 
Um, yes. The striking visuals of this like neo-noir post-apocalyptic L.A. It's not even post-apocalyptic. It's, There's it's dystopic. It's, it's dystopic. Yeah. 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 Because it's it, there was not an, an apocalyptic event. This is just like nuclear war and I think climate change. Yeah. Or maybe that's Blade Runner 2049. That's a little more explicitly about climate change. Yeah, um, I think it's just it's cl- it's nighttime all the time and raining yeah. all the time, mm-hmm. and so that uh, it's very apparent. I, it mm-hmm. must be. I I didn't see Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Now I oh, do. It's great. It's I really want good. to. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Ryan Gosling, similar to to Harrison Ford, yeah. is like a little bit bored and confused in that, but he you know he's a replicant from the beginning. Okay. okay. So that could back up. I also think that the movie Blade Runner 2049 was like, yeah, Harrison Ford was a replicant. And they even used the name Harrison Ford. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember all of it. But I think. Wait, um, isn't he I don't in want to spoil it, though? it. He's he in is. it. He okay. is in it. Um, so that means he, that must, I don't know. To, yeah. I guess it could either be he's a replicant that, I'll just watch the movie. And yeah, I'll know. yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't remember because. There's a big jump scare, which is whenever Jared oh. Le- Leto's on the screen, and that's yeah. a jump scare to me. Yeah. Um. So I was, I was, I was trying to calm down my fl- flight or f- fight response. Yeah. Uh, whenever he was on screen, so I didn't get a lot of the plot. Um. But it's beautiful, beautiful movie. Yeah, beautiful. I want to see it. Yeah. Um. Real it's bad, great. but yeah. So I think it must be more explicit in that movie what has ha- what has happened. But, um. But yeah, also that. It's definitely clear in this movie that climate change has affected. It's bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot. L.A. It, it does rain, but I, I. It's not always like nighttime. It's not always <laughs> nighttime, and the amount of rain. Yeah, that is. And this is what this is probably the most literally one of the most literally wet movies we've done because it's just like always just pissing down like a blue tarp's worth of rainwater directly on Harrison Ford's sweaty face mm-hmm. uh, directly on uh Rutger Hauer's glistening uh glistening d- Dutch face mm-hmm. and yeah so this movie is it's shiny it's it's the neon the 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 aesthetic the the just how slippery everything is that's the wetness it what it's yes. not so much it is dingy mm-hmm. but um it is grimy but it is more a little more sleek in its wetness yes. because i think of because the, of the neon because of and because of the rain yeah yes because the neon the rain that like this uh this world is still clinging to the vestiges of how mm-hmm. la used to be and so there's mm-hmm. like one of the most striking scenes for me um is when he kills the i forget her name but she's one of the replicants and she's the exotic dancer so her she name is zora Oh yes, Zora. Uh, mm-hmm. because when when Rucker Hauer like breaks Harrison Ford's finger, he's like, This is for Zora. Mm-hmm. And so he finds her because he traces a snake scale in her apartment and there's no animals anymore. So it's a um genetically engineered snake or a mm-hmm. a, a replicant snake is what like mm-hmm. it's the same technology. And he traces her to like a strip club and they go there and she like so she has this snake on her but she's covered in rhinestones there are just rhinestones placed like all over her that's like the 
costume that she's wearing and so she like showers with she takes this snake off and then showers in front of harrison ford just like just rhinestones off of her right just showers the rhinestones off yeah and then in love puts on like leather uh you know bottoms and this like rigid leather uh clear raincoat well, the, oh, but the oh, top, that's over she, yeah. the top she puts on is like this. I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a, a this rigid thing that just clamps onto the front, mm-hmm. and um, and then she puts on this clear rain jacket over it, and is just running through the the downpour of yeah. LA, running in front of these neon signs, and then Harrison Ford shoots her, and so now everything is bloody. So there's this blood all over this yep. clear jacket, which looks so cool, and then she like crashes through like five layers of glass. Yeah, doing yeah. all of this, and I'm like, this is the wettest, shiniest thing I've ever it's seen. So in my shiny, life. it's 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 wild. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a critically wet wet scene for me too. Um, yeah, it is. It's just. It's so. It's it's so shiny. Um, so okay, let let's. I want to get into. Um, uh, this isn't necessarily wet or anything, but it's. I I think something that bears mentioning that uh the reason why there has to be so part of a blade runner's job is Mm -hmm. not just being able to kill them hunt Mm -hmm. them down and and kill them Mm -hmm. it's also being able to administer this test called the void kampf test (laughs) which it like i don't know why it's it's like it sounds it's like similar to other what is the what's the test for the Turing test or whatever. Yeah, there's the Turing um, test. Yeah, there's there's a lot of like uh, psychological tests that are like named after some the whoever developed yeah. them. So yeah, and it's like it's it's question it's like scenarios that <laughs> you're it's like hypothetical. <laughs> yeah, it's hypothetical and, and like how you react to those yeah. hypotheticals, I guess. Yeah, it'll be things empathy. like you you come upon a tortoise that's flipped mm-hmm. upside down. What do you do? And mm-hmm. so you res- you say how you would respond in that situation. And then the person administering the test also like looks at your eye and sees how your pupil dilates and and will know um, these like little micro mm-hmm. movements um, that will point to you being. A replicant and sometimes it takes 15 questions and sometimes if you're Rachel it takes like over a hundred questions yeah. to figure it out if you're like a really good replicant yeah so they're like what if your husband looked at porn oh yeah sometimes they're like what if we kissed in front of the attack ships on the fire of the shoulder of Orion as it burned <laughs> bright as magnesium that's like that's the one you do when you have a crush on a, yeah. on a replicant. Exactly. Um, yeah. And so another thing is like they, the reason why the replicants don't know the replicants is because they have memories. Yeah. And so. Um, well, is that only Rachel though? Because I uh, think, because the, the fugitive replicants definitely know that they're replicants because they're like, we got, only got four, four four years to live and they know and they're going after Terrell who and they know that he created them and I think they were slaves off world yes so I think maybe only Rachel is 
they were like, she's the next model. Okay. Where okay. She, where we decided to implant memories. But I think the important part is that the like uh Rugger Hauer and and his his band of uh of characters, um, they also they have memories. They have personhood. He has yes. memories even in his short lifetime. Yes. But I don't know if they have memory implants. I'm not no, sure. No, you're right. I think yeah. they they're planning on it because they say I think that's what the Terrell Corporation started working on mm-hmm. when they realized, oh, these these things have advanced now and they do have emotions because there's yeah. this line that says, if we gift them with a the past, we create a cushion or a pillow for their emotions and consequently we can control them better. So they're saying once if they develop trauma, right. they'll have an earlier <laughs> The basically they're like they're gonna start to feel emotions because yes, they're yeah. basically humans and we need to give them a past in order to like make mm-hmm. that make sense for them and then we can move forward uh, mm-hmm. and give them their tasks easier it is what that yeah. line means um yeah but yeah. I know I'm Oof. only productive at work because I was like one time one time in elementary school a kid hit me with a rock and my it blood like shot out of my head and I and I like everyone on the playground was like horrified because I like put my hand up to my hair mm-hmm. and my uh hand came off with a bunch of blood but I was mm-hmm. fine I ended up I didn't even need stitches just your head bleeds yeah, a lot it so if does. I didn't have these like core memories how how would I how would you be able to use Salesforce? Unless how you have a you? personhood. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How would you understand? Yeah. Yeah. You'd be like, why, what are, why am I feeling things? <laughs> why am I feeling, feeling this way towards my labor? Yeah. Um, oh, it's, yes. It's because I tried anchovies in 1996. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So the, so yeah, Rutger Hauer is like, I'm going to, well, I got to hunt down. Who do they want? They want don't they, they've, haven't they already gained access to the Terrell Corporation? So, no. They're like, okay. we need to just go find one of the dudes who worked on the genetics. Because, like, he'll be able to, like, uh, cheat code in the yeah. Sims, motherload, but, like, yep. for lives. And he'll just, they'll just be able to extend, ex- extend their lifetime. And... So they go oh, yeah, see, so like... First, first they find the guy who, who makes the eyes. Yeah. Um, and he's in, like, a really cold... He's on Hoth, basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> His lab is really cold. Yeah, and I just want to, like... So what's happening is Rucker Hauer and the other guy, the... Yeah. Fir- yeah, they're both wearing leather trench coats. Yes, is, yes. Is, that's what they're wearing. I didn't yeah. make this movie. I'm just pointing out what they're wearing. And it is it is uh, pouring outside. So they have soaking wet leather trench coats. And then they walk into this sub-zero yeah. uh, um, freezer room. And that's can, just a lot to deal with. Can they feel temperature, though? I, okay, so twice in this movie, they, they like, prove that they can do um, the things that humans can't. Like, yeah. in this scene, the one guy, like, puts his hand in what's, like, dry ice or yeah. what whatever it is. And then Daryl Hannah's character puts her hand in... Uh, thing of boiling eggs yes a tube a tube of boiling boiling eggs eggs. (laughs) Uh, like a glass clear uh 
tube. See, this is what I mean by this movie. Like the visuals of this movie are the wettest they could be. There's literally no reason for them to be boiling eggs. (laughs) We need to. We want to see eggs. We got to see the inside. Every (laughs) everything needs to be clear. We need to see the inside. Maybe it's because of the fear. Maybe it was born out of the fear of replicants and stuff. They're like, we want to see the insides of everything, so we know. So we know what we're working with. So I know that. Yeah, yeah, I know that my like tea kettle isn't isn't a a replicant. Exactly. Um, I don't have to blade run my tea kettle. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Okay. So, um I yeah, I love that. So, basically, yeah, they're they're told again and again they need to go to Terrell and they're like, I don't know, it's like hard to get to him cuz yeah. he's like He's Jeff Be- Bezos, essentially, yeah. but yeah. Um, but way better aesthetics, way better vibes. Um, I the Terrell Corporation when mm-hmm. Deckard goes there, it is so shine. It is so my aesthetic. Everything is dripping in gold. Yes, it's always sunset. Yes, um, it's like not rain, really raining. It's like maybe above the clouds or something. It's I in a pyramid. That, that must yeah. be what it is. Yeah, that they maybe it's because it's so it's, massive that they're able to create like a synthetic biome day? or something. I think it's only ever night or sunset. Well, so yeah. I think because like also when you watch the ship, well, not ships. They're they're like flying cars. Flying cars. Um, yeah. When you watch them fly through the air, it's like the air quality it, like you can't see more than right right it's so i think it's i think yeah. it's clear that like it's not always night but you can't see through to the sun anymore like that that's what i got from it mm-hmm. that like it's it's not always night but it's always um dark it's always just gr- gross dark yeah grungy. but yeah. maybe the Terrell corporation would probably be able to like create some sort of synthetic biome inside of that huge yes. yeah place maybe yeah. um but yeah definitely inside of the of and even on the outside i guess the aesthetics yeah. are like maximalism for sure like Terrell is like i want the best of the best everything gilded i need the fanciest chess sets yeah, and he's he's Lloyd from The Shining, which I didn't realize. Yeah, I oof. Uh, another time, I'll, I want to talk about Doctor Doctor Sleep. Um, oh now. yeah, um, I gotta so he's watch got these that. Big like big bug eyes. Yes, there's, there's just a lot of eye shots. In yeah, this. I guess that's a theme or metaphor or whatever. Definitely. I also like. I got the I got a lot of the characters confused in this over the Mm -hmm. years like when I was younger I could not tell three of the men apart and that's uh I I now recognize what I was doing but Mm -hmm. Edward James Olmos the guy who plays Terrell and who is also the um bartender from The Shining Mm -hmm. and then the guy who plays J.F. Sebastian Sebastian yes those three guys they all have like they're all like in similar age ranges yes, and like yeah. sort of look the same and have really bad skin like yeah. <laughs> that's yes. just a, um just a thing that the three men share it's not it's not their fault it was the 80s yeah yeah, yeah. i mean I, yeah even harrison ford's skin is he's like the hot lead <laughs> and he was so hot at, in hollywood at that time and he's got like terrible skin it's just, he's just 
Yeah. He looks tired. He needs he, he looks does. like he needs to drink some water. Yes. Uh, and there is plenty to go round. <laughs> he can just open his mouth up yes. to, to um Yeah, turkey style. So I like I've uh been watching the new American horror story and I told you that every time I see I'm not surprised because he's been mm-hmm. in every single one. But whenever yeah. I, but also in Mary Town, every time I see Evan Peters, I'm like, fuck, it's Evan Peters. <laughs> uh, that's my reaction. And yeah. I had that reaction to seeing J.F. Sebastian. I was like, fuck, is that Evan Peters? Is he in Blade Runner? <laughs> he is not. They don't look similar, no. but in some lighting, actually, they do kind of, they're, they're, they have similar faces. Well, it's also, so this guy is the character is he has like an aging um, syndrome that that makes his body age rapidly Mm -hmm. and so he's supposed to be 25 but he does not look like a 25 year old but evan peters is like that where he'll play like a 50 year old man in one season and then like a an 18 year old high school kid in the next it's wild yeah Yeah, he's like 35 years old Mm -hmm. and like yeah he most he mostly looks like he's either like 16 or 55 like it's wild it's wild yeah um like on mare of east town i think the joke is like that he's supposed to be young but he looks like he's just like straight out of the womb and i'm like you're not a cop you're yeah oh god he plays a cop in that i won't i haven't seen that you're at most a cult leader (laughs) that's the most authority that you have yes and it's a small uh, cult leader small too. A small cult leader. Yeah. Um. And and that's mostly manipulation, not brute brute right. force. Um. But uh. Yeah. Evan P. Like I can believe you're evil, but like not that you like are from a small town in Pennsylvania. You, yeah. You you weirdo. Yeah. Um. I love him. He's a very good actor. He's so Shout good. Out. Shout yeah. out to uh Evan Peters. Um. So, but it is not. Evan Peters is not a replicant. He did not go back in time to be um, the rapidly aging guy in Blade Runner. Um, so in the Trail Corporation, we are also introduced to Rachel, who, mm-hmm. very beautiful, love her aesthetic, uh, was obsessed, uh, like just obsessed with all of the makeup, the makeup mm-hmm. that she and... Um, Press Daryl Hannah's mm-hmm. character have their outfits, Chris's the hair, pad, oh. the the. It's all like that to me was so wet, but also so amazing, and did have a huge impact on fashion, and yes. and was reflective of the fashion of its time. Yes, um, like we would, like I, we wouldn't really have like on screen the cyberpunk genre. We might, yeah, we might not have had the Matrix without this movie. I definitely think that or like um, so much of this reminded me of Westworld yes. the not necess- not not the I think the movie may have come out before this even right. um, but the new series uh, had yeah. to have been heavily influenced by just Ridley Scott's work in general but this too that uh, and, and and talking about the nature of consciousness and yes those things um but also do do the in westworld um i didn't pick up on that uh, the nature of consciousness do they do they, they or do they don't not really say that mention five it times in every episode? they don't begin and end every episode uh discussing <laughs> it <laughs> do you, have you ever questioned the nature but oh yeah and what else what else about westworld like really made me oh oh um giving them memories or mm-hmm. reveries as they call them in um in Westworld giving them 
as like a uh, cushion for the emotions that they'll have to deal with now and, and moving forward. And clearly there's, there's something, something there that these sort of, yeah, these sci-fi uh, future futurist things try to mm-hmm. pick at. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, okay. Going back to the eyes, uh, the, the eye engineer scene, did you catch, I feel like I have never noticed this before when I watch this movie, but while they're talking, while Rutger Hauer is like interrogating the eye guy, I think they end up leaving him alone because he yeah, truly, yeah. he truly doesn't really have any information like, for them. All they do is make eyes. Yeah. Like- and the other, the other replicant, um, the first one that he kills, I forget that guy's name, but it's the guy that's being t- interrogated, oh, given Leon. the test at the beginning. Leon. Yes. Leon. Um, he's like, just grabbing eyes that the guy's been working on and just like putting them on the guy while he's sitting there being like it's really cold in here can you yeah. give me a coat at least while you answer and he's just like placing Which, these by the way dude, this is your cold lab yeah why you're key you're making it cold. well he was wearing something oh, that they, they took, took off, off his of coat. Him. okay <laughs> right. and then he was like can you give me my coat back and but but leon's just like putting these eyes just yeah. like on on yeah. him just for fun just for funsies yeah. and i'm like i wonder if that wasn't even in the script and he just started putting little goopy eyes on and ridley scott was like "Ooh, i like this can we talk about how um, and I didn't know this, but then they were like, they kept referring to Rucker Hauer's character as Roy Batty, like a last yeah. name. All of them apparently have last names, which makes oh. sense if they're like, except Rachel. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It would make sense to give Rachel a last name because she's like, ha- supposed she's to think human. she's a human. Yeah. But so Leon's last name is Kowalski. So like, is he Polish? <laughs> I well i guess they would have to is there like replicant poland like i think they give well they they must give them like uh maybe it's to differentiate them yeah they 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 must base their appearance on something so maybe they base it on like different parts of the world yeah Um, i think maybe maybe it's to differentiate between like different replicants i have i have to imagine though that like the screenwriter or someone like what do these names mean i think i feel like that's the more important question to ask like Mm -hmm. i don't know roy batty what could i don't know that's just a sick name it's just a sick name (laughs) rutger hauer is roy batty also rutger rutger hauer is like a weird name Mm -hmm. um and very cool yeah, so then Rachel Rachel's void comped by yes. Deckard. And then mm-hmm. she's like, she comes over to his house and she's like, am, am I, like, quick question, am I a replicant? And again, to this, like, shattering news that should, like, should also freak Deckard out. No reaction. Just like, would you, do you want a drink? And I'm just like... If a sexy Roomba came over to your house and was like, or was in your house already and was like, I think I might be, I think I might be conscious. And you're for, okay, room. Yeah, I think my reaction would be like, you, you need a drink. Like this is like, this is hard for me to process, but I can't even imagine you are a Roomba. I can't even yeah. imagine what is going through your little your little mind right now. So I think that that was an appropriate reaction, but again, I just like how he just yeah, he's just like 
tired and whole- I took that to like so many times in this movie it was like if we're delivering information right. or I gotta ask the boss at the beginning is like I gotta ask you to get these four yeah. replicants and and come back I, I know you're you're you uh, you don't want to do this anymore there's so many times where they pour a drink yeah. and they each and I think it was like partly just like the time that the also everyone's yes, smoking yes. constantly constantly smoking smoking does not uh interfere mm-hmm. with the void comp test even though she's like D- can I smoke and he's like yeah it doesn't interfere with yeah. with the test and he part the te- part of the test is looking through like a I don't know what you call it a magnifying glass and like looking at these tiny movements her eye is making and there's just a wall <laughs> of smoke in between i'm like it actually does interfere with the test because you can't see you can't see her eye oh my god um but yeah. i guess he means it won't affect the answers okay. that you give but so but he it's not like about the answers it's about the little like like yes. micro which I guess the computer is checks up on, but then why do you need? But then what a blade the fuck runner? is the point of a Blade Runner? I don't yeah, think a Blade Runner is an actual job. I think this is just something nice they did for a replicant. Yeah, and by nice I mean harrowing. They were like, we gotta, we this is an experiment <laughs> yeah. to see if a replicant yeah. can be a cop. Yeah. There's so many, yeah, so many times in this movie where like to have a discussion or um, transition from like an action scene to a more quiet scene, it will be facilitated by just having drinks, yes, pouring, yeah. pouring drinks for each other. Mm-hmm. And I think that also has to do with the neo-noir yes, genre yes. that it's in. Um, and I, I did think when I was watching this, I was like, this is definitely the first and one of the only movies that I've watched in this genre where it's like. Yeah, cyberpunk, neo-noir. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a hard-boiled... He's a hard-boiled detective yeah. who's like... It's like one... It's one last job and he's he's, yeah. he's over it. Uh, I get that. And, well, I guess kind of... Um, it's a little fifth element it, It's so... Like, yeah. It, this makes me hate yeah. the fifth element even more. Rewatching yeah. the Yeah. Like, this is what they were trying to go for. But like... <laughs> Yeah. More, more camp, more emo, more emoting. Um, yeah. And apparently, yeah. Apparently, I don't, I don't like that either. So yeah. maybe, maybe Harrison Ford was like, maybe he did, he did play it as Ruby Rose. And then they were like, Harrison, you gotta back. We gotta wait yeah. like 15 more years for that. People aren't ready. And also, yeah, that's not the role for you. Um, yeah, you're you you're the you're Bruce, the Bruce Willis, Willis character. character. You you yeah, know you, that, yeah. right, Harrison? Chris well, so w- something that uh, happened in this movie that I forgot about that I love that he does in another movie is he when he goes to meet the um when he goes to meet Zora when he goes to meet her he in order to like get into her dressing room he comes up with a little ruse to get in there because he's a hard-boiled detective and so he like does this this like nerdy oh, character yeah. kind of um where he's like uh, I'd, I'd like to trek your dressing room and she says for what and he goes holes yep. uh, yeah little uh little dirty holes they uh drill on the wall so they can watch a lady undress I... and yeah he's yeah. from the committee on moral <laughs> abuses but when he said that about holes i was like Oh yeah. boy, they—that is when I believe that this podcast is like a legit, like is yeah. We have stumbled upon something because why, 
Why say holes? Why say little dirty holes, Harrison Ford? Dirty little uh, holes, yeah. Like, what is wrong? What is wrong with all of you? So I love the whole... That's my what the wildest sequence to me is everything leading <laughs> up to that. So it starts with, and this is maybe one of the first examples of computer enhance. Like that, oh, yes. that trope <laughs> in things. Computer the the computers are audio acted uh voice, which some are. Um yeah. but and then just the fact that like a computer can en- enhance on things. And I have no idea what he's doing. But he says, enhance 34 to 36. And then he says, pull out, track right. Nope, center and pull back. Track 45 right. The computer must be like, girl, what are we doing here? Like, what? Yeah. So he, by doing all of that, he's like, yeah, can you kick up the the 40 3D? 33, 3D can I get a uh and a hat yeah. wobble? Good morning, Paul. What will your first sequence of the day be? Computer load up, celery man, please. Yes, Paul. I was just dying because, um, yes. Go check Paul Rudd, Tim and Eric sketch. Go watch, go watch it, Celery Man. Celery Man. So it's like, computer yeah. load up, Celery Man. And he loads up <laughs> Celery Man and he figures out. He sees a reflection of a woman or he sees a snake or he finds a snake scale yeah, and then he sees a reflection of a woman and he prints it. Who has a and snake. And it prints yeah. a Polaroid. Yeah. It prints a Polaroid when it did that. I literally, <laughs> I giggled and I was like, that's so cute. I know. That's so cute that I, that's, what, that's what it was, this state of the art uh, photo yeah. enhancement oh, machine. It was yeah. incredible. It was, it's, this movie does, it's like adorable, like what people thought like a dystopic future was going to be. Like how could you, you, you can't predict yeah. what future technology will be, but the Polaroid was adorable that it, it just know printed it, would it be out. Because they're like, because they don't all have phones yeah, exactly. track wherever they're going. Yes. Uh, yeah, and that um, there was there was a lot of Pan Am. Yeah, um, yeah. And I was like, whoa, what a weird specific thing that went yeah. defunct um, after this movie came out. So then he he's eventually led to this very wet nightclub uh, where yes. uh, he meets one of my favorite characters, Taffy Lewis. Taffy Lewis. <laughs> I was like, I was like, computer enhance. Uh, because <laughs> I was like, what is Taffy Lewis's deal? I was really hoping, I, I was know. like, sad Taffy Lewis was a man. Because again, I wanted more female characters that weren't just like... Immediately shot. <laughs> yeah, immediately shot. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Taffy Lewis was is just like a mobster. I don't know. But he doesn't have any role except to be Taffy Lewis. Yeah. He doesn't even interrogate him. He just buys him a drink that has like a scorpion in it. Yeah. And everyone's everyone's all dressed up like Snowpiercer. Yes. And he gets a he video phones from the bar. He video phones Rachel like yes. in the middle of talking to Taffy Lewis. Taffy Lewis must be like, "What? I'm very important." I think he just figures Taffy Lewis is on so many drugs that Taffy <laughs> Lewis is just not gonna remember any of He's this. Like, and Rachel's like, "I wouldn't be at a club like that," or like, "What yeah. are you?" Do-? And I'm like, "What? What are? What is your relief? Why are you? You? I guess they. I don't know. We don't have time. I. I'm not." ready to get into the Rachel chalk it up to it might be just like 
scenes that were cut. I think 95% of the of the deleted scenes that you can find out there are Taffy Lewis scenes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, for sure. Ridley Scott was like, this is my final cut, except the one thing that I still hold a grudge against is they made me take out all my Taffy (laughs) Lewis content. Yeah. And he was, that was like the whole, the whole thing about the nature of, of being human was all in like Taffy Lewis's backstory. Yep. Um, so I also loved in the nightclub, the, the uh strippers or dancers that are all wearing hockey masks yes um did this movie come out before uh friday the 13th um i think that was like 70 something probably okay it looks like it came out it looks like it came out in 1980 1980 so right before this Mm -hmm. so in like interesting so maybe jason I mean, they we know that it like the majority of this movie filming took place on like a studio set. So maybe they just had a bunch of them laying around or something. But we but I want to say so we know that Jason Voorhees might be immortal and he Mm -hmm. might go to space. He goes to space. Yeah. In one of them. So this these are these could be like him as a dancer. Yes. Or his like children. Yep. Our bl- he might be a Blade Runner. We don't know. Yeah, we don't exactly. Know. He would we be don't. a good Blade Runner. He would, he would be. be way better because he d- he's kind of emotionless and just yeah. like wouldn't wouldn't feel bad about killing. Replicants. He would be the best Blade Runner, I think. Yeah, yeah, because he, yeah, he'd be really attuned to those like small movements and other people. Yeah. I definitely think this solidifies that like Friday the 13th and Blade Runner take place in the same universe. Yeah, I think that's absolutely. firmly established. So there is like you can. So summer camp. Uh-huh. That's a concept. I don't know why that's the thing. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> wait, what? Blade, I'm like summer. So there must be a some there's you can still send your children to summer camp. Yeah, I think so. So like, mm-hmm. okay, also, I did watch just to like, see how weird it was. The like happy what they refer to as the happy ending. Okay, yeah, of this which which has the voiceover. Well, no, there's a the happy ending without the, the voiceover. From the shining. It's just they drive away at the end yes but the 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 uh landscape shots the exterior oh. shots apparent those are from the beginning of the shining oh my god Stanley i Kubrick gave it you to know i Scott. thought that it looked familiar i'm not yeah. even kidding i was like i feel like oh i've seen blade runner before but i don't think i had seen that that ending so yeah. i was like i was like why do these shots look familiar oh my god that make that's so funny um Okay, so is it because they're friends or something? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. They were just both like, "Hey, yeah," because and they also both used uh, um, that actor that is in both movies. Oh yeah, they were like <laughs> use Lloyd. Yep. Uh, he's just he. I can't get rid. Of, he's just on this soundstage forever. Yeah, can't get yeah. rid of him. He keeps serving people drinks. Uh, he has a bunch of Jason masks with him that he carries. <laughs> um, and don't def- don't like give any of the female characters any agency. Yeah, and uh, that that was their understanding. And uh, they loved those things. Yeah, yeah, both. Um, but yeah, so when they when in that happy ending, they're like it's uh, Deckard and. Rachel drive away and they're like I don't know what they talk about but you can basically see that it is daytime once you get out of the city it's like a little bit better the environment is a little bit better so maybe, yeah I think I think it makes sense that that people would still go to summer camp 
right in yeah. those areas again yeah. i can see why that ending is not preferred the idea that like why would people go off world if like right you can go to like if you can just go up to like fresno and things yeah. are fine yes um, also like it's implied like you don't need to see them going somewhere together you it's implied that they, that they go escape. somewhere together yeah. when the elevator doors close and you see them leaving yeah yes. um i don't know how much more them in the car gives you mm-hmm. except when you get the ending that they do the voiceover which i did want to get to this I, I don't know if you've listened to that voiceover that harrison ford does he so he's been asked he's been interviewed about it over the years and like it is it sounds like he's angry like ha- he was he didn't want to do the voiceover he yeah. like begrudgingly recorded it and never thought it would be used and it wasn't supposed like Ridley Scott didn't want to use it it was like pressure from the studios yes. because they were like people aren't going to understand it so you need to spell it out for them at the end and it's like I can't believe they used it in any of the cuts because he is so he's like not even trying and it doesn't sound like the same character even. Um, It's like the worst voiceover I've ever heard. And and Harrison Ford is still to this day like asked about it. And he's like, I tried. I didn't intentionally like fuck it up like everybody thinks I did. I would that was my best. I could try then. (laughs) But it like clearly wasn't. Gaff had been there and let her live. Four years, he figured, he was wrong. Tyrell had told me Rachel was special, no termination date. I didn't know how long we'd have together. Who does? It's worth Harrison it's worth Ford listening is, to. Is very unprofessional. Really I'm is. like, I'm glad like Nothing awfuls come out about him. Yeah, I think he's like a he's a great person, but like, yeah, but, he like he he's like a but dangerous his pilot. <laughs> his on screen performances yeah. are just like very unprofessional. They're yes. not necessarily bad. They're just like, come on, buddy, come yeah. on. Yeah. Um. But I, if you haven't heard that voiceover, it's worth listening to because you're like, how did this make it in any of the cuts? It's so bad. Yeah. Did you listen to it? I've I've listened. I've I think that I uh that was like the version I originally saw. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's like he's like, uh yeah, so we all thought that it was four years that she had, but <laughs> I guess that was several years ago and we're just she's still alive and we're all off together. Like it's it's literally like that. So it's like the fan fiction I wrote as a child. Yeah. So I, when I was a child, sometimes like I couldn't deal with like sad endings. So I couldn't deal with the sad oh. ending of the an- the animated film, The Snowman. Okay. Not not the great film with Michael Fassbender, which is fantastic and and, and everyone and, loves and inexplicable. it. Inexplicable. Yeah. That 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 other famous. This is the Snowman. Why am I saying it that way? Snowman. He's a, he's oh, a the 1982 the one. Um, the 1982 one. It's very beautiful. <laughs> this is the greatest snow. <laughs> okay. Um, very beautiful. Uh, but and spoiler. Um, the snow. The snowman melts. Yeah, I also. I also couldn't handle that one either. And I cry. And I wouldn't stop crying until my mom was like, 
actually, here's what happened is that they put him in a deep freezer and he was fine. And then I was like, okay. So that sounds like my, the fan fiction I was told as a child to make me feel okay about ambiguity complexity and tragedy and that's i mean what that's they how did. that's what really how ridley scott and harrison ford feel about it they're yeah, like yeah and it was the voiceovers there were several like there was one cut where there were voiceover a bunch of voiceovers throughout the movie and yeah. apparently i haven't heard those interstitial voiceovers but apparently all of them were really bad that harrison ford did the worst one is at the end when he it's just it's just like an epilogue dump of stuff you don't need to hear if i recall uh rucker howard does his like you know amazing tears (laughs) in the rain speech and then his i think the the voiceover is like i'm not sure what he meant when he said that <laughs> or like, oh my god seriously or like he comes in right in after that speech and undercuts it or like oh my god yeah. that's ridiculous but so all of these all of the voiceovers or were like, written maybe like he said that because he was gonna die and I, yeah yeah. <laughs> right after he goes, time I don't think to people die. time to die. <laughs> I think it was his time to die. <laughs> I looked down at my watch, and lo and behold, the time read die. <laughs> and so, like the all of those voiceovers were written by like an uncredited like the person is uncredited in all of the cuts of the movie you you can find his name um on the wikipedia page but yeah it's like some guy who ridley scott nor harrison ford nor the nor the screenwriter thought was gonna like they didn't even know this guy wrote voiceovers for their movie um so yeah they're his, maybe it was an intern and he had no oh, yeah. idea that oh yeah that he'd be doing that and he's like oh my god you made harrison ford record this oh my god if i had known <laughs> no, that i, I would have tried yeah uh yeah i don't know if there's other movies we've done that would have um so it turned out that that train was a metaphor for how we in the back were of a lower class Babies taste good, is what I was thinking. <laughs> That's yeah. Chris Evans, no we, piercer. Yes. I know that babies taste best. And so I told him that babies taste best. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's unnecessary. It really If you say really it in a is. monologue, you don't need to repeat it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so let's talk about, I, like... Taffy Lewis for another 45 minutes. <laughs> um we could talk about taffy lewis there's no more taffy lewis content it was just a little a little i think yeah just a little except for all the deleted scenes i'm telling you 95 percent of them are taffy lewis backstory so uh yeah rutger hauer's performance at in the last like quarter of the movie um especially like the last scene that he and harrison ford have Mm -hmm. together i mean I I want to know so I know that like his performance now is and and for a while has been regarded as like uh one of one of the best performances in a science fiction film mm-hmm. um but I don't think at the time like I watched it and mm-hmm. he not just the uh soliloquy which is very short actually it's really um, short yeah yeah it that his whole final sequence he is like feral and I mean 
like I think in my opinion I don't maybe I'm blowing it out of proportion but he's giving like Heath Ledger as the Joker he yes, um yes. he's giving Jeff Goldblum in the fly like that level of a of a feral performance that I just like can't see b- being pulled off by anyone else and like yeah. yeah I really don't think he was like he couldn't have gotten an Oscar nomination right no no, I don't like think I don't so. I don't think that happened. But but I it's just like that performance is wild. He has to give like he's the one in in power. So he's got to give that. But he's also dying and like, yeah, coming to terms with all of that. He's lost all of his his best friends who he considers family. And yet he also like wants to give his life meaning at the end of it because he know it's he knows it's ending. So he wants to like have that's why he saves Harrison Ford and mm-hmm. um, wants to have this moment with him at the end, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's all of these emotions and he, and they're all and it's also like a fight sequence mm-hmm. um, in the rain. And it's incredible. It's in, yeah, it's it's one of the wettest sequence. So it's like they're in an apart. They're in. Uh, J.F. Sebastian's like creepy, creepy factory. Yeah. J.F. Sebastian creates like, like more like, ro- more like robots, not like, I think they're just like straight up robots. Yes. Um, And basically like they are like getting near the roof and it's just like torrential downpour that's like getting into the wood. So yes. it's like a lot of wet wood yeah. and, and like wet grating and like blood and like things uh, fingers being broken yep. stigmata through the hand everything is just so wet and like they're so sweaty and grimy it, it was so wet I'm like how much water did they dump on these men they're yeah. in a bathroom at one point and it is it is the dirty dank level of the saw bathroom but then if yes. you soaked the saw bathroom in you know two feet of water yes. like that's yes. that's the bathroom that you're getting it is disgusting and and yeah yeah i think there is something to they're constantly especially when they're out on the roof they're the rain is washing away all of this mm-hmm. stuff constantly and yet they can't they're still dirty like still the water dirty. won't ever the wa- they're they're never going to get clean no matter how much they wash the water washes down on For them sure i like i thought that was great uh is so wet before before that when he poked in um Terrell's eyes. Oh, critically wet. Critically wet moment. Another critically wet moment was um, he's having like a shot with. I think he's like killed a bunch of replicants. Uh Rachel comes over to have like a drink, and his mouth blood gets into the shot. And I was just like, he also washes his. He fills up his sink. With, like he yeah. plugs it so it, the the sink basin fills up yeah and then he washes out his mouth and all of this blood falls into the shallow sink that's filled with water yes. and then he dunks he dunks his head in that yeah. sink with all the blood yeah. in it and I'm like yeah. you are no cleaner than before you washed you can't yourself get clean in the city <laughs> you, you can't. can't it's 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 almost almost like we could read into that meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. He cannot even wash his hands yeah. fully. And reason. yeah, so I want to I wanna focus in on this scene where Roy Batty kills uh, Terrell. 
where so this is like he he goes to him and he says this line that is gave me chills he says i want more life father and you, like, how could you deny that as his maker? And he's begging you for more life. And it's it's very Frankenstein, the the visuals in this scene of like, father, you made me. Why why would you then reject me? And then he goes uh, he goes up to Terrell, and this is like the most Ridley Scott thing in the entire fucking world, where Roy Batty kisses his maker on the lips, oh, yeah. kisses his mm-hmm. maker, and then just straight up crushes his skull and mm-hmm. pops out his eyes with his fingers. Like, I love it. Meeting your maker, kissing them, and then destroying them. Like, I was like, that is Oof. that is so Ridley Scott that, that <laughs> in a nutshell. So... The the fucking engineers. Yep. That's that's what they wanted. Yep. It's just it's wanted. literally like the same visuals and and uh, themes as Prometheus, but it's like where Prometheus is like dark, uh, obsidian shininess and milky white water. This is like blood and and gray water. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is like this city is as if. 500 uh, Dave Matthews band tour buses yes. are just emptying out their emptying out their sewage on the on the uh, people of Los Angeles. It really is. Yeah, that I I loved that scene. Um, I yeah, I mean he could have asked him nicer. He could have been like more life, daddy. Yes, <laughs> daddy. Please. Maybe he was lying. Maybe he wasn't. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I the the music in this movie has Ugh. obviously been um talked up or beloved. Yeah. Uh it is um there is a whole is, like uh royalty free genre that's like just Blade Runner style Blade Runner music. Style. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's made by uh Vangelis, which is a very famous um person. Uh, who's done like a bunch of bunch of scores, okay. and apparently Blade Runner's like the most sampled wow movies, movie score soundtrack of all of all time, which is like not not surprising. Yeah, um, yeah. So there was so much fucking saxophone. <laughs> yes, like, <laughs> and they somehow made it like cyberpunk saxophone, but I was still like. There's a lot of wet saxophone. There's also just some parts whenever they're in the Trail Corporation that was just felt like someone on set was bumping into a wind chime. <laughs> yeah. It was just like not when I thought a wind chime would come in. And it was just like sometimes it was like a long wind chime. Sometimes it was just like a jangle. And I was yeah. like, this, this is very interesting. But it makes it, it's it's, it's whole thing. Yeah. It becomes whole and thing, I think but. one of the uh, versions out there that exists was like, the first time Ridley Scott was like, oh my God, there's there's versions out there that they're releasing theatrically that I didn't know existed. Um, and he like swooped in and then that's how they kind of made the, the final cut or the director's cut or something um, was that he realized there's a they played a version theatrically that like didn't have the Vangelis music score in it during the scenes uh the film's climax and he was like people saw this what because it's not the same movie in in any way without (laughs) without that it wouldn't be um yeah I think it's also time for another episode of what's this director's poorly disguised kink (laughs) and (laughs) 
the scene, uh, I think this is episode one, but I'm surprised we haven't done more episodes. Um, <laughs> surely, surely yeah, there's more episodes out there that exist. Um, when Pris, mm-hmm. Daryl Hannah's character, she's, she's like uh, an acrobat. Yeah, for um, no reason. Yeah, I guess they, again, I think probably like, sexist reasons she's like a pleasure model i think is what they say okay um so maybe that makes sense she's an acrobat okay um so she can like cirque du soleil um so she tries to kill harrison ford by wrapping her thighs around his neck Mm -hmm. his and trying to yeah trying to strangle him with her thighs and then she takes her fingers Mm -hmm. and uh, puts them up his nose mm-hmm. i guess so he can't breathe out of his nose uh or, or i think it's just a wet choice or, i yeah, think she's so trying too to, i think she's just trying to like tear his nose out yeah um i thought she was yeah. gonna do something she was gonna grab him or be like i've got you by the nose or something but yeah. i was like what a weird wet decision to make i've yeah. never seen that before <laughs> yeah um and yeah the very specific I thought in general, I thought it was a little anticlimactic, the um, mm-hmm. Pris's story. Oh, yeah. Because she, when she's, when Daryl Hannah is hiding in plain sight in Sebastian's workshop around all of the other robots that he's made, and she she has decided, I don't need to do anything special. I can, mm-hmm. I can just be a, a robot. And I was like, oh, that's so badass that she's just going to hide yeah. in plain sight. And then she catches him she has him in her clutches and could eat she has his hand his neck in her hands and then he yeah. like somehow gets her off of him and then i don't know and then immediately yeah. gets shot and i was like but yeah. she had it him sucked. yeah <laughs> yeah that he just like kept sh- and they weren't allowed to have like cool emotional death scenes right sucked and they were just kind of like sexy and evil. Yes. Which again is not a problem. So was so was uh Rucker Hauer, but he got to have like a little moment. Yeah. But also Rucker Hauer basically like rewrote that monologue to be good. Yes. So yeah, so maybe if they had been given more to work with, they could have they could have also but and listen, and I guess like through I mean, I guess through Rachel we see someone um we we do see a woman kind of like dealing with like what what does it mean that I'm a replicant? But mm-hmm. she doesn't really get to like say things. No, <laughs> she's just she just looks be- she just looks beautiful. No, which- and the scene where they it's like their love scene i guess oh, you would call it yeah. i just had to be like this is this is the like noir aspect of of right. this movie because i mean it's. I don't know. I don't know how to read this scene other than he persuades her to stay and and be assaulted by him. People people do. Yeah, people do read it as okay. as sexual assault. Yeah. Um I but I no I and like definitely not it's not cool. No. Uh and also like this is not me being like oh it was the time, but I wonder like what was in the script cuz it was right. also 1980s and it's based on a it's a noir thing. And yeah. Um, and it just didn't like make sense. Like it just didn't. It was just weird. It was just weird. Yeah. yeah. I did see it. I saw it as it. him like if she's a replicant and now she knows she's a replicant. Mm-hmm. I still want to make her feel like a human. And 
we all know what it what the way to show a female human what it's like to be a female human is to have the hot guy yeah. have have a romantic interaction with yeah. her he'll show her what it means to be a human you know yeah I, and probably that's also how I saw it. if he's questioning if he's a replicant which i was a little bit confused some of those polaroids looked like they were from his past but i think if but they were just from rachel uh it's i th- i saw that they were rachel's photos that's how i kind of saw okay. it but but i also think if we're to believe that he's a replicant we have to believe that he's also one of the kind that rachel is yes that yes. he had that he would have memories like that's the whole point of the um yeah the unicorn or whatever uh that if he's a replicant he's the kind that she is so he's he might have memories and polaroids just like she does so he's trying to figure that out and Mm -hmm. like him uh him being like no i am a a man and i'm Mm -hmm. like gotta make make out yeah i I gotta prove it to myself a little too Yeah, yeah exactly um yeah so i don't like their i don't like their relationship yeah Um, and i just had to be like this Mm. the scene like I, I have seen this scene before a lot in like not yeah. a lot but like in in noir stories in like hard boiled right. detective uh, mm-hmm. novels that I had to read in college for a hard boiled detective fiction class that I took that was kind of a cool <laughs> class, um, but yeah that like this this is them this is part of being in the noir genre and it's mm-hmm. like kind of shitty that it has that that that's oh, such a huge sure. facet of it yeah yeah it's definitely unnecessary um yeah i don't know yeah and uh, then so yeah the so rutger hauer has his amazing speech that he i mean it's i i have read that like on set when people when he delivered this speech for the first time people were like crying like mm-hmm. losing their shit mm-hmm. while filming because it was it was such a such an emotional performance i've seen things you people wouldn't believe <laughs> attack ships on fire off the shoulder of orion i watched sea beams glitter in the dark near the ten house gate All those moments will be lost in time. Like tears in rain. Time to die. And he like modified the speech by taking out a lot of unnecessary stuff. And then he mm-hmm. the, really the only thing he added was the like tears and rain, which mm-hmm. is arguably the best line right. in, in that whole thing. Right. It it like hammers home not only because it draws from the metaphors of the movie, like the visuals of the movie, but like it's just such a wonderful like I don't know. It's just a, a wonderful turn of phrase that really it ca- captures yeah. it so perfectly. Yeah. And it wouldn't be the same um, mm-hmm. without it. And then, yeah, so then he, Roy Batty dies and he releases a dove into the air at the same time. <laughs> and the, the like. He's had a dove during their fight scene. He somehow, and I tried to be like, when does he get it? At what I, point in the fight scene does he grab it? It must be like a mechanical dove that. Sebastian has. Oh, but when yes. does he grab? Yeah, when does yeah. he? 
he has to have it with him when he's doing when he's you know stigmatizing himself for sure he's, for he's sure. still got to have that dove in his pocket and then when he releases it and like the camera <laughs> does this really like artsy shot of the dove going and i was like you know those memes that are like is he uh or like is is he something or oh, is, is he, he just or does he yeah is a, he hot or is he just yeah or does he just like release a metaphorical dove when yeah i literally was like is this beautiful or is it just like weird and <laughs> like is i couldn't tell if like i just think that that that's beautiful because i love blade runner and i want to like it so bad or is it just like ridley scott being weird and being like yeah have him release the dove and then it'll then the saxophone will play and then it'll get like slow motion kind of and <laughs> Mm-hmm. So I think it's just weird. Either way, I liked it. Yeah, yeah. Either way, it was it was great. Um, Rucker Howard, he's hot. Uh, he he's in the. Um, I know him not from this movie, but he mm. was in. Um, You're gonna. I know what it's gonna be. <laughs> the 1998 made-for-TV movie <laughs> yeah, Merlin. Merlin is which he, in that? he is. Oh he plays King Vortigan, and it's a very meaty campy role and uh he like oof he um he's sexy in that movie but he's like evil gather my armies we march on winchester i've been fighting my enemies for 15 years every time i crush one another one takes his place will it ever end uh, he he must play that in like most movies. Yeah, that's just like the energy he gives evil. off. Yeah, um, but if people who don't who haven't met me um, don't and th- there's a mini series in 1998 starring Sam Neill and it more so than any piece of media has affected me. It um, and is like my definitive version of of the King Arthur story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on YouTube. I recommend watching it if you're sick. Um, yeah, that's mostly yeah. when you watch it. Yeah, yeah, it's when you're sick. Uh, it's three hours. It's great. Um, but yes, King Vortigan, he um, just making it making an alliance with Queen Mab and uh, trying to kill Merlin, trying to kill King Uther. Classic stuff. There's a there's a white dragon and a red dragon, and they're Ooh. fighting underneath your castle, and that's why that's why your castle keeps falling down. Nice. Yeah, he's been in a lot of stuff. He's, he's been in so many. He's been mm-hmm. in something called Hemoglobin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course he, also, he has. He also, in a TV series from 1997 called Lex, he plays a character named Bog. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's been in so many things and i haven't seen most of them. I'm pre- like, I'm trying to think. I think this is the only thing I've seen him in. Mm-hmm. He looks like if... Oh my goodness. Uh he looks like Anthony Hop- Hopkins Waluigi. Yes. Yeah. He <laughs> looks like yeah. Anthony Wapkins. <laughs> he does look like Anthony Wapkins. He Oh my god, that's so our listeners are going to Google Rutger Hauer and be like, "Oh my god, that's re- so accurate." He is. He is yep. he's his yep. Waluigi to Anthony Hopkins Luigi. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, he's really great. I think he should have gotten nominated for Best Supporting Actor for this oh, movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I think they just, I think, like, this movie did a lot for the sci-fi genre. And 
mm-hmm. sort of legitimizing it as a as a real yeah genre that mm-hmm. can be looked at um, mm-hmm. critically and um, and really mm-hmm. elevates it to to be in Hollywood um, right. how, how people view mm-hmm. other movies in Hollywood so yeah I think probably this movie got overlooked at awards at during the time because like I don't know this movie hadn't been made yet and <laughs> this movie mm-hmm. needed to be made and gain a cult following for yes, more movies yes. to be made yeah mm-hmm. and then and then the ending is like so I realized like I don't I only understood this movie this time because I had watched it before and like discussed it so much that Mm -hmm. I like understood that at the beginning you see that Edward James Olmos's character makes these little origami figurines. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you know that, which I think you like is hard. You could miss that. Like that's a blip that happens at the beginning is he mm-hmm. he makes these little origami figurines. And then about halfway through the movie, Harrison Ford has this memory of a unicorn running yeah. in yeah. the forest. Or a, a dream or something. Yeah. I don't know if like yeah, it's not possible unicorns could exist <laughs> it, it, like mechanical or uh replicant unicorns but mm-hmm. but yeah a dream is what yeah is what it really is um yeah something that's mm-hmm. that's that hasn't happened in real life but has happened in his brain right. um is the point and then at the very end when they're leaving the when um harrison ford and rachel are leaving the apartment he kind of steps on something and on the floor mm-hmm. of his apartment and he picks it up and it's a little origami unicorn mm-hmm. and you are to put all of that together to me to to recognize that at perhaps Edward James Olmos's character is leaving him little clues mm-hmm. to suggest that he um, not all of his thoughts and memories are real. And right. so mm-hmm. maybe he's a replicant also. Mm-hmm. And so that's how it ends. Pretty much how it ends. They get into yeah. a, a, an elevator and the door's shut and that awesome uh, music plays at the yeah. end. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Uh, yeah, no, it's it's like such a subtle detail. Yeah, and uh, Edward James almost characters whose name is Gaff, which I love that for him. <laughs> yeah, um, that's a shame. Yeah, uh, he's like, uh, it's too bad she won't live long. Oh, yeah. But then who does, li- or like, but then again, who does live? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so like, that's kind of like, you know, the thesis, like, what it what makes any of our lives meaningful mm-hmm. and and yeah that four days that it 90 ends. years yeah. it's it's still it begins yeah. and ends for everybody yeah yeah and um and, but also that could be a hint like you two are a replicant my yeah friend. um and i cannot remember in blade runner 2049 if they're just like straight up yeah he's he's a replicant but I think Ryan Gosling's character has more than four four years left. I could be wrong. I gotta rewatch that. I would like the cut without Jared Leto, though. I'm waiting for that one. Yeah. Even though, even though the scenes with him are cool, I'm still. It's too scary. It's too it's much for me. Very scary. Yeah. He's, he's terrifying. Just like, he doesn't fuck. Yeah. Um, it's 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 also the reason why I won't ever watch American Psycho. I've read okay. the book and I know what happens and. <laughs> Uh, Christian Bale, just being Christian Bale is terrifying enough for me. I yes. can't, I can't see him play that character. I, I can't yes. do it. Yeah, I don't know how yeah. anyone has watched it. I, it's, it's, it's a lot. Um, yeah. all right. So, 
Are we ready to do some dirty little holes? Yeah, let's let's uh let's talk about the dirty little holes. All right, Keanu, covered in rhinestones and a beautiful snake. I, I don't know mm. if that's a real snake, Keanu. Yeah, he it's oh look, he's showing us it's not see it has a little heart inside of it like a build a bear. He <laughs> see he's opening the zipper. He put a little build a bear heart inside of it. Oh, Keanu, that's cute. That's it. So it's like oh. it is a real snake to him, basically. To, to Keanu, it's a real snake. Yeah. You don't you don't have any holes? Nope. So I think the whole like there's the holes uh, that we already covered that were mentioned. Um, Definitely the holes that Roy Batty pokes in. Okay. Yeah. In Terrell's mm-hmm. head, like those, yeah. and the camera like does not shy away from that. Like I, I was shocked. I was like, whoa! I didn't realize how graphic this is. And I think yeah. that's something that like uh, different cuts of the movie have have. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's a TV version of the movie that doesn't have. Uh, boobs in it or there's not a ton of boobs there's just two Mm -hmm. in it Mm -hmm. and (laughs) um or like all of the gory gory stuff that happens like probably the close-ups of of popping out the eyes um so you don't want to watch the the tv version because you got it really got to get the eye the eye socket you're not gonna get the themes yeah uh, fully unless you see those unless you see someone poke the eyes out of their god yes um yeah, to me, eyes were a theme, and the eyes, not a lot of people know this, but eyes mm. are the holes of the body, the main, they are. to me. Yeah, they're like the holes of the of, of the head, for it's sure. It's what you take in, if, if you're a seeing person, you take in so much information through yeah, them. You do. And, but you also communicate so much. And yes. And they, they are as... Think, think someone said that they're the windows of the souls, but they're also the holes of the souls. They are. They're the soul hole. And they're the soul hole. And if you look into those soul holes, you could get lost in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think some of my favorite holes in this movie, there's a lot of like close-ups of wet gun barrels. You know, there's like... There's just so many shots of like, oh, here's a wet gun barrel next to somebody's head. Here's a wet mm-hmm. gun barrel. It's just like a wet tube that they just keep. Yes, yes. Just like the mm-hmm. so so much of this movie is just anytime Ridley Scott didn't know what to shoot, he's just like a wet gun. Just a do wet a gun. wet gun, and that's you know that's the visuals not of a, this movie. Not a cool sci-fi gun. Just no. straight like a like a revolver from 1895. Yeah. Oh, and I mean that is something I love about this movie uh-huh. that like while it's sci-fi and futuristic and all of that, there's like the really like scientific futuristic parts of it mm-hmm. are off-world. Like they keep yes, referencing yes. go off-world, go off-world. That's where you'd see like the really cool futuristic sci-fi stuff. Mm-hmm. That's not the point of this movie. The point is to stay like it this is noir. So where like yeah. you stay where all like the police cars, yeah, they're cool space cars, but they just they like give off a ton of exhaust when they take yeah. off. And like they're mm-hmm. not the cool like sleek flying cars of mm-hmm. the jet 
Jetsons or anything like this is this is like realistic like most stuff is Mm -hmm. is still the same it's just uh there's more of it and it's more disgusting (laughs) so like yeah guns are the same we're not shooting laser beams it's it's guns yeah guns it's uh, it's still really really violent when yeah shot there's like people can live in just an abandoned building pretty much that's where that's where um jf sebastian like he just has pretty much taken over an abandoned like hotel or something Mm -hmm. i think um and you can just do that because that's just like what future city looks like yeah and that's really the the side the cyberpunk genre uh, um i'm gonna quote the wikipedia to which i'm sure is quoting like philip k dick or right. william gibson or whoever the fuck it's a combination of low life and high tech so it's like yes high tech future all of these things but the social the social fabric the social problems haven't been addressed or they've yeah. gotten worse and so we're still like in that sort of miasma of things uh, or things have yeah broken down in in sort of our our social yeah and um, and and yet we've just pressed forward there's been no forward. Yeah. there's been no like restructure uh, there's no like cleanup of the infrastructure or anything it's yes. just you just like patch yeah. it up and keep moving mm-hmm. yeah and this is like I see that this is like because like the first half of the 20th century sci-fi was like very optimistic mm-hmm. and like like the Jetsons and 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 things will get things will only get better. Yeah. And the latter half and then in the 1960s and 1970s it's like no this these are going to be problems. Yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of it's more more negative. Um and then yeah, I think like I'm trying to think of how I can work make this be a whole. It's like I think there's been a whole like a gap in Elon Musk's thinking mm, that he mm-hmm. needs to address. Like there's a big hole in his I can't can't imagine what you mean, but go on. <laughs> in his plan for robotic humanoids mm-hmm. that can do our tasks. He has not addressed the Blade Runner issue. Um, mm-hmm. What are his... He's going to need... You have to have a contingency plan. You have to have mm-hmm. something, a Blade Runner system set up to course correct when they become sentient. And mm-hmm. you, like you, that has to be involved in the plan. So mm-hmm. I assume... I assume there's talks, there's all kinds of Blade Runner talks going on um, oh, at yeah. Tesla yeah so maybe there isn't a hole maybe they're uh, hopefully they're addressing it hopefully yeah they're, i'm sure yeah. elon musk has thought this through there's a blade um, running division yeah 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 i'm sure he's only doing the most responsible things i'm sure he's not doing acid with Celia banks in the house these would never that's not that's <laughs> definitely then, not happened and she didn't get lost um she found her <laughs> way out perfectly and then he didn't tweet something that got him in trouble with about Tesla going public or something? Oh, God. Oh, my God. I think that was the same weekend. I'm just getting in my mind. That's the same weekend. What a wild weekend for him. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. But um, so, yeah, that'll be fun to Mm -hmm. honestly, I think Blade Running could be a career option for you, Sophie, because. okay, now is the time to get in on the ground. Something gives me the feeling that Blade Runners are cops, probably because they're like, you are a cop. Yeah, yeah, because. But I like the title. I think the title's cool. Yeah. yeah, but but maybe if there was like a more ethical, socially responsible way to blade run. Yes, exactly. 
Um, would you want to, if there was a job in Blade Running that was just administering the test, like, would you want to do that? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Me yeah, too. Yeah. I would I'd love it. to do a void comp. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. there you go. They, they probably need people. I know that like in this movie, you have to be able to do both, but like, you know, maybe. But it's probably like a 23. What if it was just like a 23 and Me situation? Where well, oh, they, yes. also, they also use the information for maybe nefarious reasons. But maybe it was just like people want to know if they're a replicant or not. And like, this was a service. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what it would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I It does make me like really wish we could get... <laughs> I don't actually wish this because... I, I feel like it would be bad if it did actually come out. But like a, some sort of prequel showing what the world was like when when there were a ton of replicants. Right, and Because right. um, I, I think in this world, like they've discontinued them. Like they're mm-hmm. not doing that anymore. They've decided it's slavery. And so they're going to... I don't know, though. Because with Rachel, with Rachel, they're definitely behind the scenes continuing. I think they're just trying shit out. Stuff. Yeah, I think so, With too. Rachel, they were like, yeah, we'll try. Yeah, we'll try Tr- Let's see what we're happens. Gonna try tricking her. As What's a goof? the worst that could happen? She has consciousness, and then it's like doing this to a human. That's the worst that could happen. Um, oh boy! Yeah. Right. So those were enough holes. I think those, we gave you enough holes. We. How many holes do you want? How, Don't yeah. what you 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 Harrison Ford wanting us to put our fingies in your nostrils <laughs> and drag you along to show you all the holes? Don't be weird. Come on. Don't, yeah. All right. So for our how first uh, first thing of the new the new season. How what was this movie? Yeah, this is a just soaking wet movie. It's just just nonstop rain beginning to end. But I just think like the whole time when I was watching this movie, I was like this again. I I can't tell you how often the Harrison Ford eating noodles is like an intrusive thought in my life. Um, <laughs> like I will think I will be like, why am I thinking about this right now? <laughs> like, and so I think it's like as wet as if Corbin Dallas and Rick Deckard are sharing a noodle bowl, just in a dingy, dirty, danky city. And they're just, they just go up to a, a noodle vendor and they just share a noodle bowl and they get, a same noodle together like Lady and the Tramp and then Ruby Rod comes in and he starts singing in the background for this is the night the perpetual night and they call it neo-noir sci-fi and you're like oh my god this is such a beautiful scene between Corbin Dallas and Rick Deckard just and then they and then they kiss and it's that was beautiful yeah so i really it's like it's just vibes and no thinking and just corbin dallas and rick deckard just dirty and kissing (laughs) with noodles in their and then wait until they get it in a tube oh my god forget it absolutely forget it ruby rod can't even handle it yeah so this uh, I will need to explain mine. Okay. Um, so last, la- we were hanging out last night and someone brought up oh, yeah. the concept of a greasy pole, which, <laughs> which, so I did not know this. So we live very close to this place. Uh, yeah. Gloucester, Massachusetts has this tradition during the Feast of St. Peter, I think, 
Um, and I think this was brought over by Italian immigrants okay. to Gloucester, where they put out a pole over the at the like, edge water, of a dock. Yeah, at the edge of a dock, and it's greased up, <laughs> and you ha- and people compete to see if they can walk across the pole to grab the the Italian flag at the end. Yeah, one of the wettest things <laughs> I my soul left my body. And dangerous <laughs> and dangerous, and it's just a greasy pole. Yeah, again. Immigrants, Italian immigrants have brought so much to this country. Oh, we Um, owe them so much. Yeah. Uh, So this movie is as wet as sort of an intergalactic Dairy Queen uh, if their workers unionized Mm -hmm. and were forced by management to do a astral greasy pole contest over a pit of shards of... of, uh, of space glass mm-hmm. uh, during the Andromeda monsoons. So the wettest, Ugh. the wettest time in the Andromeda um, system to have to do a greasy pole contest. Yeah. And um, is this happening over Orion's shoulder? I love it's over <laughs> Orion's shoulder. I love that um, reference. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know, it is. It is just past the uh, the gate, the townhouser, the townhouser gate. Yes. Uh, where you can just see the sea beams glitter. Yeah. If There's you want. The if you want to. Yeah. If you're brave enough. Yes. Yeah. And all those moments will be lost in time. Like yeah. tears in the rain. Time to die. Time to die. <laughs> oh, shit. I got to do an ad. All right. This episode is brought to you by Tyrell Industries. Are you a Sector 6 oligarch who lives in a sunset pyramid and is tired of all your replicants gaining empathy, becoming too sexy, and needing to be blade run every five to six weeks? Well, we have a solution. Introducing The Replicant, a new replicant model from Terrell Industries, who simply won't do all that shit. Pick one up today. I love it. It just won't do all that shit. It won't. It can't. (laughs) It just won't. been a production of mess and finesse a comedy label based out of somerville massachusetts if you want to hear more of this program or shows like this please send us an email at admin at mess that's a-d-m-i-n at m-e-s-s-a-n-d-f-i-n-e-s-s-e.com and for more content directory of programs or information on live shows and comedy classes please visit mess or follow us at mess on social media thank you for listening